Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around drinking and talking about writing, publishing, and the whole creative process. There will be no censorship, so we are definitely PG-13. Your hosts tonight are Chaz and Karen Punchley and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 56, How to Sum Up. Good God, we're at episode 56, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking that. This, uh, I was going to say this, and this one in particular, I wanted to talk about today because I was in the middle of doing a query online submission for one of my novels, because I, I dream of being represented one day, and they asked me for new things in new ways and new sum up, and I thought, we've never really sat down and talked about how to chop your brilliant ideas up into tiny little bites. Is that a good way to put it? That works. Um, Summarize works too. Yeah. Well, to summarize, and I thought about it, it's like I do this for marketing all the time, and it's not, it's not hard in my marketing because I don't have an emotional investment as much in the product as I do this brainchild of mine. So in marketing, we call it a marketing platform or a marketing uh, positioning document where you start and say, what is my tagline? Like, um, we make the world smarter. Okay, we make the world smarter with really good booze. We, and so here's, I'm just thinking of, you know, Professor T.E. Wogglebug's pills. We make the world better through little pills. And then when you're doing it properly, you stop and you say, how do I break this a thousand different ways? How do I say what we do in 10 words? How do I say what we do in 20 words? How do I say what we do in 50 words? How do I sum this all up in 100 or 200 words so that... When I go forward and make a million copies of this, I don't have to rewrite it and think this up every time. It's just there. And it occurred to me, so yeah, I was doing this for work, that this is exactly what you need to do when you've written a novel, too, or even a short story. Sure. I mean, you write the thing, and then you write a smaller version of it to show other people, and yada, yada. But it's, it's got to be the other way around, surely. The, you, you, you write the 200-word version, and then you chisel that down to 100 words, and then you groan and cry and make it 50 and da 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 down to 10 if you can really do 10. But, but the thing is that you, which it's not just making it smaller, it's got to be catchy, okay? It's kind of like if you say the word murder bot, okay? <laughs> or, yeah, see, for example. It's one word. It's one I'd word. It's all it needs. Exactly, and I'm reading the murder bot um, new novel that just came out. But there, there's a... Or, or pern, or some of those kinds of things, you just know. Okay? Yeah, but you, you only know pern because you know everything that that word implies. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. But like, Murderbot, I, I, I haven't read Murderbot yet, but I know everything that I need to know just from that one word. Yeah. It's so well, and, and there, was, there was another piece that said, you know, it was a different query thing, and that's why this is very fresh in my mind, is it was a whole different set of questions that I'd been asked before. So what was going to take me 20 minutes to re-swizzle, suddenly I sat there staring at something over and over again, because it had things like, what's the, they wanted a hook that's like, uh, the mummy meets Isadora Duncan. Yeah. And, and I, I had to stop and say, that. right? <laughs> So I was off the top of my rum bottle here. I was thinking, as my so Bluebird that, novels, do I say this is Abby Scioto from NCIS meets Dexter? Yes, and, that's a really good one, actually. I think it's a really good description. But, so, but what it sounds to me like, though, is so before you actually can submit something, they want you to do their marketing work for them? Yes. Yes. That, I mean, 
Great. Okay. Yes. <laughs> see, when I started writing novels, when I started publishing novels, there were these wonderful things called traditional publishers. These these days they're known as mainstream media or something. Um, but you bought them your novel, and a they gave you money for it, and b they did everything else. They designed the cover. They wrote the blurb. Um, it was. They we, hadn't all... gotten, we hadn't even gotten to the blurb part yet. <laughs> I know, I know. I did it. It's coming. Um, but um, yeah, the industry. It's one of the ways the industry has changed radically during my lifetime, during my professional lifetime. Is that the authors are now asked to do a lot of things that they were not asked to do before, and basically presenting a marketing plan is one of them. It is, and I think it can be a little bit daunting for somebody who's never done. A marketing plan or thought about marketing. I mean, when, if they literally started with that of, I've written, you know, somebody who's poured their lifeblood into an, a novel and they've, every night they've opened their veins to come up with the word and spread their pain all over the pages and they're done. And somebody says, well, what's your, what's your synopsis? Yeah. You literally, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, synopsis. I mean, I can, I can do the thing where you sit down and you write a synopsis of what you expect the book to be, and then you write the book and it's nothing like that. Um, taking a book that you've written and trying to reduce that to synopsis length or shorter is hell. It's a nightmare. Um, well, part of that too is as the writer, you're really close to it, closer than anybody else. Whereas when you do these kinds of things for, for work, um, you know, for like my, my day yeah. job kind of stuff, it's a lot easier because I have no emotional yeah. anything involved um, in it. I can step back. You know, I, I can do that kind of thing. Plus, I also have a company full of other people who also work this, there. This, I was going to say, um, is that one of the main reasons, indeed, the, I think the prime driver for Bookview Cafe, that, that wonderful authors cooperative to which I'm proud to belong, was that there was this general feeling that all of us were good at something, nobody was good at everything. Why didn't we pool the skills we have? Um, so when we're publishing a book by one of our members now, um, as likely as not, someone else will write the cover copy, someone else will, will, will figure out how to promote it, will reduce it to a to a tweet or whatever, um, because they they don't have that closeness. They may have an intimacy with the text, but they don't have the emotional attachment that the actual author does. Yeah, but still, you got to get in with them, and they book the cafe. You know, takes somebody who's already out there. So yeah. I'm sort of like saying, so here, Karen, who has finished her first novel, for instance, um, let's presume that you finished the Robin Hood novel, right? Okay. Let's pre let's pretend that. <laughs> I love this. So the challenge is you're going out there and you're saying, all right, I am ready. I have researched to figure out the first set of query letters. I've got my 10 first query letters to 10 good agents and how to research an agent. We actually already talked to an agent, so you have to go back and listen to old episodes. But you found the right agents and you want to do the pitch only. Then you go out and look at their website and they have 10 different things that they want. Now, one of them who likes the full synopsis, there was one that was, say they want you to do two pages of Robin Hood, including all the events that happen to the conclusion, two pages, go. That's, well, there's got to be an advantage to having been a plotter rather than a pantser, because you can at least yeah. look back at your old outline, maybe. 
Well, that's one of the that's one of the advantages of, of having been a computer programmer in the past is I can I think that way. Okay, I can go back and describe step by step some of these things because I'm I'm not a plotter per se, but I can't I can't write the I, I have to build on what's come before um, the same way you write a program. I can't just stick something in the middle and say, oh, we'll hook things up later. I mean, I realize some programming is done that way, but that's called <laughs> bad programming. Um, hey, so, now, no judgy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but anyway, but that's, that, that is an advantage to me because of the way I write, because of the way I write anything. It's just, yeah, I, I am that particular kind of brain that does that. But if I would, as, as I, um, if you are a, a uh, pantser, Okay. I can see how that would be rather difficult. Looks to husband. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate with a great hatred any, any requirements to describe a novel in any number of words shorter than the number of words that novel contains, because those are the number of words that I needed to tell that story. Um, and breaking it down into um, Thingamy meets Was name or whatever. I can't, uh, there is a horribly successful, ridiculously successful uh, British author um, whose name I'm not even going to mention on this blessed program, um, who made a TV documentary one time about his process and his, his um, general way of being. Um, and he's, one of the things he said was that... Um, you needed to be able to describe your book in one sentence. And honestly, I mean, if you can describe your book in one sentence, what the fuck was the point of writing the book? But see, it's not, it's, it's describing it. It's not telling the story. I mean, you, the, the, it's a tease. What you're trying to do is tease someone. Okay. It's like, you know, say if, you know, for example, if you've ever been in a bar when you were single, Okay, like none of us have ever done this. A bar. And a bar when you're single. And you want, you know, and, and, the, and it, there are all sorts of people of, of the appropriate gender, whatever, <laughs> of that, that you might be interested in or you want to be interested in you. You're not going to tell them your life story or you're not going to go home with them. So it's the same kind of thing. You've got to tease, okay? You've got to catch their idea that... Use, you know, like mur Murderbot. Ah, you got me right there. Um, but you might want to say, you know, oh, this is a, even saying a fantasy or something. You don't want to describe it you in that way. You don't want to be, of course, it's going to be a fantasy or a science fiction or a novel or whatever. It's a um, uh, Robin Hood must, must save Marion from being forced to marry the sheriff, uh, um, sheriff of Nottingham, okay, which right there is actually by itself kind of boring because everyone is, you know, that's kind of the standard Robin Hood plot, which is why I gave it to you, not my plot. But, um, but that, but it, it's it's got some some love, some tension. A bad guy, sheriff of Nottingham. Oh my God, virginal because of course she's virginal because uh, made made Marion. You know, there's yeah, but you're building that out of. Things that everybody knows already, and you're known well, blocks. Robin Hood, everyone knows. Marion, everyone knows. Sheriff of Nottingham, everyone knows. Um, so then, how so do you do it with a science fiction or a fantasy novel um, where nothing 
like that can be presumed or well you can change you can change robin hood to a a midi you know a a a fabulous medieval archer uh in love with um with the lord's daughter um must save her from being forced to marry against her will to the um the evil sheriff i mean you can sure i'll do that then everybody immediately maps that onto robin hood and again no, you're talking i'm assuming i'm assuming no one's heard of robin hood okay because okay. you were saying you haven't heard of robin yeah, hood yeah, yeah, but what yeah, if they yeah, have yeah, it yeah, okay. so well, um, i mean i was going to say what if i said okay this was actually i caused trouble in in twitter the other day and it was funny for me it was one of the bigger threads <laughs> all right what if I said King Treason Weasel stole the throne away from the rightful queen and it was up to an overweight middle-aged marketing girl to set it all right via so social media? I like it. That sounds interesting. Off you go. Yeah. But you, <laughs> but you see, there's the thing. Nobody knows. They just like the name King Treason Weasel. And who was the queen? What it was the right? How did it? You know? Must, must well, no, even if you didn't, even if you didn't, having some something referred to as King Treason Weasel. Okay, that, that is like Murderbot. It's just it's exactly. in, infinitely attractive in and of itself. Exactly. It's yeah. true. So, it's, it's like Murderbot. It is. So all you have to do is come up with the, the wildly clever, original, instantly identifiable <laughs> That completely describes your novel. Just okay. That no problem. We can go home now. We've solved it. Well, I, I was gonna. I, John isn't here, so I'm obliged to build, you know bring up Ursula in his in his laps. But the yeah. Clock Tower Wars is basically middle-aged dumpy forger decides that she needs to meet up with a paladin and overthrow the forces of automaton evil. Okay. That was actually. Hold on, that was actually, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I want to read that. Oh, wait, I did. Is you got to get the, the what is that one-liner, and yes. what is the hook? What sets you to say, I've got to read this? And, and that's that was, something that apparently you don't get to rely on other people to do. You need to do it in order to sell an agent slash publishing company on your magnificent story. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, I mean... Maybe somebody else can read my books and break them down to a sentence like that. Oh, come I on. I can't. Yes, you can. You've been doing that with the Mars stuff. You have. You have. You've got it, you've got it down to a, you know, a, a sentence here or a short paragraph If there. If Mars were a province of the British Empire, then so-and-so would so have gone there. Yes. Um, yes. Where so-and-so might be anybody from Oscar Wilde to T.E. Lawrence to... Yes, and yada, isn't, yada. It, isn't it interesting how one of those, if if Mars were a province of the Brit British Empire, Oscar Wilde would totally have gone there. Didn't that story end up in a best of the year? Um, yes, it did, but it's it tells you absolutely nothing about the story. But it makes you want to read it. That's the point. Okay. I don't want need to know. I don't want the spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be teased. We're talking about teasing. It's okay. like, you know, this and, is, you know, come here, come here. It's like getting Mac over here. He's easy. You, you wave a, a mousey at him and he's there, but you're still teasing him. If you call his name, he might stare at you. I was contemplating on, for instance, there's a series. Uh, Katie Murphy just wrote in as one of these Zoe Chan paranormal romance novels. Ah. So, which I, of course, went out and read because I will always read Katie's stuff. But they basically, all of Zoe Chan books are standalones 
about a shifter meeting their true mate with happily ever after. There's no cliffhanger. So when you think okay. of that, it's like there's, there's no suspense, no why do, I, why do I obsessively buy all the ones that all of my friends write because they're magnificent. You know? yes. So there's something more to it. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, well, part of the, the, the joy chant stuff too is, is they are made, the point is to make it very, very clear what you're getting. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like McDonald's, you know what you're getting at McDonald's. Okay. You know what you're getting at these chains and these chains thrive because of that. Okay. There's yeah. no mystery and you know that you like bodyguard bear. Okay. You know what you're getting <laughs> defender dragon. You know what you're getting. And you know, having read before, you know that exactly this many, you know, pages in, they're going to have sex the first time. <laughs> exactly this many whatevers, you know, this is going to happen. There's, it, there's it an is. entire industry based on that. We call it everything that was the Harlequin romance novel and, exactly. and a lot and of the were, others. There's a formula of writing romance novels for dummy. Yeah. And well, and, but the thing is, you are, that's, see, um, that is that is a fundamental difference from what we are not. They're both the same and completely different than what we were talking about before, which is which is um, if you're if you're talking about your bluebird novels, which have not been done before, which is why it's difficult to get past people's mental blocks and that kind of thing. Versus the the romance McDonald every McDonald's every you know very well known model. So there there are two things right there, but they both need a tease or a something to bring you in. And one of them is, let's just do everything exactly the same way. And then I only have to do it once. And the other one is murder bot. <laughs> but I was also enjoying the way, because if you go out, like pick your famous, I, we've talked about Georgette Hare a fair bit. You read the Georgette Hare and there's always three sentences or so that say, this is the situation. This is the complication. This is the implication. It's almost like doing a presentation. Have you ever, have, have you, either of you ever been talked about the acronym SIPAB? No. Nope. SIPAB is something that you get up there and like, let's say you have, God help you, a set of PowerPoints that you're going to run for somebody. Before you click on the very first PowerPoint, you explain the situation. It's like, this is the situation that I want you all to relate to. This is the compl a further complication going on that I may be informing you or you may be peripherally aware, but I'm going to give it words and form and say, this is the scary monster looming over you. If you do nothing and continue blithely ignorant down the path into the woods, this is the um, implication. This is what will come of nothing. What I have is I have a proposition, which is the P. And I would like you to take some sort of A action, read more to discover, that's an action, um, and then the B, the benefit, How, and you will feel great with this beautiful, happy ending that gives you your breath and brings it back in a whoosh. And I've literally seen books that do that, saying, here's my SIPAB, here's my whoosh, and I, you've already told me what I'm going to feel. And because I read it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to feel that. And it works because that's what SIPABs do. Hmm. It's like, it's like marketing people get together and figure these things out. For a living. Hmm. 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 And they get better with practice. So this is why I no longer want to throw up if I have to stand in front of 3,000 people and talk because I can throw a SIPAB in anything. <laughs> yeah. Just try not to yawn too much the next time you do it. Because, you know, <laughs> it was that one laughing. time and that was a lot of rum. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I understand. So, um, 
so so you so this is so the the point of this discussion of marketing is are is this just marketing ourselves to agents or is this well it's kind um, of a heads up of there's a step that many people may not be involved in because I'm presuming that everybody out there has got a short story in them somewhere and they're going to want to someday say if my short story has meaning and it has emotion and it has relevance in the theme or the tone, maybe I could make somebody's life better if they read it. So I'm going to try to send it out there. And I think that's important. I mean, even if it's just a story of how you feel with your cat jumping on your chest in the morning when you feel, ah, my life has meaning. I am here to pet my cat. How can you make Yeah. How do you make somebody else feel good until you launch your story out there and try to find a place that they'll publish it on the web or on a site or and and how do you bring people in to say, I've had a really crap day. My God, could I use a nice cat picture or cat story? There's your one liner. If you've you've read your short story, but there's your there's your little tag. How do you breadcrumb somebody into saying, read this? Maybe you'll feel better. I don't know. But it's better than not feeling better. <laughs> well, yes. Or or make someone angry. Or, you know, ca- cause an emotion, I would say, rather than necessarily feel better, but cause an emotion. Well, exactly. There was, I mean, I, I occasionally go out and, and surf Twitter and the hashtag writers community. And there was somebody that's like, I'm just too depressed. I can't, I can't write anymore. I mean, why do I even bother? I, maybe I only make one person's life better. And I just say, well, what if you make one person's life better? What if that person feels less alone because they read your story and maybe that was the story they needed to keep them from lying around and obsessing about the weight of life's problems. Maybe it made them smile. Maybe that's enough. That, that can be enough. Don't stop. That's, that's the crabs on the beach thing where, where two people are walking along the beach and the beach is full of crabs and the sun is beating down and all these crabs are going to die and one of them picks up a crab and tosses it back into the far ocean. Um, where it will thrive and live. And, and um, their companion looks at them and says, what the hell was the point of that? You can't throw back all of them. You're not going to make a difference here. And they just say, well, it made a difference to that one. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're, we're pounded so often between the double of you can't change anything, you can't do anything, you are helpless in the face of this overwhelming monolith of the zeitgeist of today. Like, okay, maybe I can't change a steamroller, but maybe I can convince somebody to roll out of the way. Maybe I can, <laughs> maybe I can make somebody laugh. Maybe they will stand up and deliver an eloquent, eloquent speech or snap a picture like the kid in front of the tanks in Tiananmen Square. Yeah. What can I do as a single person for just a moment that will inspire somebody, that will mean something? And so... That's why I think it's important, and I think that somehow in this process of as we go through the query letters and sending our souls out there and getting our feelings tramped on a thousand different ways of the, oh, it'll never sell, oh, I just, I'm not the right person for you, how do you encourage it and say, don't give up? And that's the thing is, I think, if you know a little bit about the process before you get into it and say, all right. I'm ready. I've got my pitch. I have my one-liner. I've got my hook. I've got my, my, my tell. I've got, I can sum this up in three sentences. If, 
if Aaron Spelling were alive and could stand next to me in an elevator, I could pitch this and he would say, Jeannie, write that series. And I would do it. That's, well, thing, that's, that's, that's a very good point of comparing this to, because this is the kind of thing that, that they actually have seminars and, and, and meetups and things like this for job seekers. And you're talking about the, what is it, hashtag writers community or, or whichever. This is also gives you an opportunity to practice on other writers or practice on your friends or whatever. You don't have to sit alone in your garret with your bottle of ink and your, and your quill pen. <laughs> I miss <stretching>. those days. <laughs> Scratching out your, hmm, I, um, hmm, maybe this work. You know, because the whole point of this is it should work on someone. It should, you know, your, your tagline, your whatever. Yeah should work on someone so you should try it on people and see and and people these days do have access to as, as Karen was saying um to other writers um other industry professionals um who will sit and listen and critique and yada yada um i mean you know, i am being facetious up to a point when i say i miss the days when we had an ivory tower and um the only relationship that existed between me and the professional world was the mailbox because I would write a story and send it to an editor who would either accept it or reject it or ask for a rewrite. Um, and, and yeah, everything was by mail and, and that was that. And, but you still had to send it to somebody, right? You I mean, send it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and these days, I mean, the, and they had to, and you had to write something. You didn't just give them a, a manuscript with, with nothing. You had to write, hi, my name is Chaz. I'm desperate for you to publish my story or something. Yeah. Um, the, the general advice back then was keep a cover letter absolutely as short as you can. So it says nothing more than, hello, this is my story. I hope you like it. I'm enclosing stamped addressed envelope in case you don't. Um, and that's what I built my career on. I do... I don't have that background of sort of coaching in um, query letters and yada yada and do da do da and all the other stuff that kids today not only do but need to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was I I've run into them like uh, Karen sent me a medium on how to write a successful query novel for your query letter for your novel, and there's right. more. And I will and as I said, I think it's important to put these links out there and say just to know how. I mean. What is manuscript form? Make sure you get it right. And how, you know, you want to do the things correct. For instance, you would have never sent it without that. Here's your self-pedrip stamped envelope because that was how it was done. Yeah. So, I, the, yeah. There, were, there, were, there were like three rules. Um, everything had to be typed, um, double spacing, and stamped addressed envelope. Um, that was, if you, did, if you could do those three, um, then you were golden. Because um, they, I mean, they, this was in the days when people would still send in handwritten stories, um, which most editors by then were refusing to read. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was that early and that old. But also, then it was also, it used to be, everything had to be in courier yeah. type, like 10 not, or 12 point yeah, not, or something. Not, not in the UK. But, um, then, but, but that's because you could get, I forget, it was like 250 words on a page so just knowing how many pages it was you knew how many words it was and this is not necessarily actual ca counting individual words that's how many that's how much space it would take on the page yeah. for printing and so um 
And so it was these called days, casting off. I don't know why it was called casting off, but it was called casting off. Somewhere there we, was a knitter involved. Exactly. But your editor would flick through the pages and, and say, yes, this will take three columns for five pages, yada, yada. Um, and, now, and now you actually make less money per word because they count your actual words. <laughs> because, it's going, because it's going on, you know, online so they don't care about space. So, you know. Uh, um, this is why I've been writing role-playing games because it's eight cents a word, you know. I'm just saying. But, yeah. And... I think that's the fun of it is how do you make it fun and and remind them that's maybe maybe yeah, the outline wasn't the worst idea, but different short ones because I, I this is my big my big running flag because I figure I have sent out now I counted I'm at forty two queries and I ran across a brand new format asking for things that they'd never asked before. For mm -hmm. instance, uh, if you'll remember, I wrote to the writing group and asked. Uh, Kit and Madeline, everybody, and you, Karen, saying, okay, I actually have already written the second book of my Barnabas series, and I intend for it to be at least a trilogy, because he's got to work his way from England through America down to Australia. I had never thought about what to name the series. And they're like, well, what's the name of your series? I'm like, God is my witness. I've never thought about that. All I know is I've got three novels in here, and I've got to get it out. So... This is something to think about. What is, what is your series about? Like, if you had a, Chaz, I don't know if you're going to write a sequel to uh, Desdemona and Pandemonium, but what would you call that series? Um, I honestly don't know. It never had a name beyond, I mean, there, were, there, there should have been a third book, um, which was Demonogamy. Um, and really good title. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I before before Desdemona and Pandemonium, um, some years before, I wrote again. It was supposed to be a trilogy: um, Dead of Light, Light Errant, and uh, Night Fantastic, which is the one that never got written. Um, and I want to read that one. Yeah, I, I do too. Those are good. Uh, and at the time, nobody even suggested. I mean, the thing was, you know, I was not known for writing series at that time, um, and I wrote the first book as a one-off, and then I wrote a sequel to it, and no one suggested that I needed a series title until we were reprinting them twenty years later, and now, you know, a series title is expected. Um, so I thought about it a bit, and and the series title is now, as it should always have been, Northern Lights. I like that. Yeah, nice. It works. Well, but, yeah. but you also, you actually wrote a series, the Utramur books. I did. Okay. That was later. Yeah, but see, this, this is kind of like the Utramur books take place in Utramur. The Dorini books take place, or are the, about the Dorini, Catherine Kurtz's Dorini yes. people. The Devery books take place in Devery yes. by Catherine Carr. Yes. So some, some the Murderbot books are right. about <laughs> Murderbot. So. Some some of them are kind of, of obvious. Yes. Yeah. Some of them are easy. Well, I need to figure out if Bluebird is it the Bluebird Chronicles or the Bluebird Files or yeah. These are yeah. questions yeah. though. Files is good. Files like is files. good. The Bluebird Files. I yeah. like that. But yeah, but you know, so some things are kind of obvious. Some some not so. Um, but you know, but again, you're being forced to be your own marketer, which is which sucks if you're yes. marketer. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like, hey, like it is a skill. It is not a talent. Much yes. like I was going to say, 
writing is a skill, not a talent. You get better at it the more you do it. So somewhere in there, it's to stop and sigh and say, all right, brain, I don't love this and you don't love me. So let's just, if you finish this, I will let you have a rum drink tonight. And sometimes that gets me through. <laughs> and yeah, no, that was, that was kind of the, the gist of it is to get those pieces together and maybe build yourself, oh, dear God, Raymond would love to hear me say it, but organize it in Scrivener in some file or put it in your, whatever it is and say, I, for instance, I have on Bluebird, I have 10 pages of Bluebird. I have a first three chapters of Bluebird. I have a 15 pages of Bluebird. And I just saved them every time I did it. Bluebird 15, Bluebird 10, Bluebird yeah. two pages synopsis, Bluebird one page synopsis. And I just save them because then I don't have yeah. to redo them, except I obsessively go over and keep trying to improve them every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, I confess, I have on my, um, in one of my folders, I have, an author bio that is 100 words long. I have an author bio that's 50 words long. I have one that's 20 words long. Oh, bios. We should talk about bios. bios? Everyone uh, here should go out and read, read, write themselves a bio right this minute. Because they're dead handy to have just sitting there. Because people will ask for them. Please send, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm on a panel, people want a bio. If I'm giving a talk in the library, people want a bio. Well, so what I do, so I go to FogCon every year, and so and for continuing people who who go back there, that you you've got a little login to their to their database, and there's a section where you write a little bio about yourself. And so if I need a bio, I log into FogCon and see what I said the last time <laughs> I went to FogCon, and if I need to tweak it a little bit, you know that works. And and I suppose that's a little a little you know I I can actually keep that somewhere like you on could. a on a on a computer but i have so many at this point and clouds i hate clouds and so um but yeah that, that's just you know it, that is my cloud and so um it's kind of interesting to go oh yeah i should probably mention this this time or oh yeah that's not appropriate this time or you know or you know that kind of thing and you know it's always important to mention your pets so, okay in your bios yes. Very important pets. Yes, I mean, the traditional author's bio lists half a dozen weird jobs that only authors ever do um, and describes marital status and number of pets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very important. I, I don't think I have any of that. I have the where I lived, what I like to do, my bribery price is a dark and stormy, and no. I delusions of megalomania. So I don't think they're delusions, darling. Yeah. <sighs> Well, want to, but you know, hey, we'll be your slow process. Minions at some point, you know, you know. Excellent. So yeah, writing a bio. If it's, I'm gonna say, I I want every kid out there. If you're a teenager, write yourself a bio. Practice now. It will save you so much time for the rest of your life if you just have some written. Well, also the the other thing is about writing. At this point, I have I, I sold some things. Then I got MS didn't sell anything. My brain is coming back. I was reading a story. I had, I had actually sold it, but the anthology didn't get funded. And so I was trying to sell it again and actually get money. And I sent it to a couple of small things and they sent it back. And I said, well, why don't I read it again? And it's pretty much crap. And so I, I, have, I am rewriting it because I realized it, it, it needs to be flash fiction. It's not a story. It's flash fiction. But, um, but so the, I don't have a huge a huge writer's bio thing. However, I have been connected to the industry. And so it occurred to me, I should put things like, like 
I founded the SF and SF reading series with Terry Bisson. Okay. That, that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and, and uh, Tachyon Press with, and Rena um, run it, run it now, or I don't know what's happening, going to happen with it, with the pandemic and so forth. But, um, but there's things like that that you can do. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you have, you know, were you secretary to Steven Spielberg, you know, are, were you, you know, <laughs> so many of us were though. Yeah. <laughs> were you, you know, are there other things that you have done in the, did you, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the, I was, for almost 10 years, I was on the board of the Milford SF UK writing um, work, workshop, you know, uh, that group. So there's, there's things like that that show that you are, are at least writing. I mean, you know, not selling, you know, writers, you know, writers, you know how writers work, you know, you can be, you can be helpful. And also, um, I'm quite happy to moderate any panel, uh, but, you know. I'm used to managing people. So there's things, things like that that you can put in bios, especially for, you know, for something like if you're going to go to a convention and want to be on a panel, you need to tell people things about yourself that make you sound interesting beyond I'm a writer. Well, um, we have, we have a few ways of when I'm trying to lead somebody like I'm doing a webinar tomorrow morning on exciting topics in active directory security. And I say, okay, I need a bio. And they give me something. I'm like, okay, first we'll start with your first and last name. Because if a reader doesn't remember anything else, they ought to know who your name is, right? Yes. And then we call it any associated brand names. For instance, let's say Kit, the award-winning author of the Devery series. Kit Carr, you know, the Devery series. There you go. Currently writing in Daily City with very spoiled cats. Yeah. And we always say, include a professional accomplishment. Who somehow fin- you know <laughs> finished it in a day, or how five time Hugo you know award you know nominated? What are we saying that uh, Ellen Kushner has been nominated for everything she writes? So so annoying. She wasn't yeah. so amazing. I know. I know. She wasn't so nice. That too. Well, also, how dare she and, and and then the and last two. I was going to say the last two pieces we have are something about your value and who you are. You know. What is important to you and who you are besides the writer? And that's where we get into how many cats do you have? Yeah. Mm. What are your side well, hustles? I will tell you that, that um, changing my name from Karen Williams to Karen Brinchley, okay, people remember me better now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Which is odd because nobody can remember how to spell it. Even so, even so, people have a better idea of who I am now. And they're like, really? You did what? Yeah, but anyway. Well, I always but, say try to try to have something funny, and this is where I loved the bio that was written for the two of you. Ah. I don't know if you have floating around easy, but if it's again, if it's funny, people will remember. And the whole point of a bio is I want people to remember my name. And this is super hard for many shy or self-effacing writers out there, but it is important that people remember your name because your work will speak for itself, but also, you need to occasionally speak for your work. Yeah. No. So we have the bio. We have read the it, bio. Read it. Read it. Okay. I'm gonna, here. I'm going to let I Chaz. Love this. Chaz has a much nicer, um, a nicer voice. He does. It's very sexy. Okay. So Karen and I wrote a story together for Daughters of Frankenstein, edited by Steve Berman and published by Lethe Press, and we needed a um, a bio. Um, we, we were publishing the story as by Mr. and Mrs. Brenchley. Um, and 
and it's this, a, and it's a steampunk story. It's a steampunk story. Um, and this is the bio that resulted. Mr. and Mrs. Brenchley are renowned and deprecated in equal measure from New Caledonia in the west to Formosa in the east. Impeccably dressed and shockingly outré in their behaviours, they arrive unannounced and depart without warning, taking their welcome for granted, leaving disturbance in their wake. They may be discovered playing hoopla at an archbishop's garden party or bazooki at the Grand Turk's investiture, drinking champagne in an Oxford punt or gin in a Californian airship, debating in Arabic on camelback across the empty quarter or in Mandarin on a junk out of Surabaya. Their hospitality is legendary, their company deplorable, their lure irresistible. They are known to have met in a tomb. Whether as archaeologists or grave robbers is less clear. It is said that they are wanted by the authorities on three continents, and not wanted at all on the other two. A word to the wise, they are frequently mistaken for each other. And that was by Carrie Sparing, the friend who actually introduced us, um, because we were, we were like, what do we put? And she says, oh, I'll write something for you. That's the so, best bio ever. Well, so Madeline Robbins, who um, we had on the show just a few um, episodes ago, uh, I, she was saying she wanted an, uh, a bio like that for her, so I wrote one, and, um, and she's too nice to actually use something like that. But my last line was, her husband has an Emmy whose he doesn't know. Oh! <laughs> he really does have an Emmy, so. Excellent. But it's his very own. It's his very own. He earned the Emmy, so. He did. All right. Well, we will put links to all of these things that we talked about out there and a couple of my favorite medium articles for how this and a couple of Karens and a couple of Chazes and out on our website with in the liner notes, which is www.ridersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. We answer emails. We are not really good at proofing your synopses for you. We just admitted it, but we will so cheer for you. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Maid Milking a Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsor is Jackal Designs, who enables you all to buy the really cool WDC swag t-shirts. Thanks so much for listening. 